I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea was no more. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. So a couple of years ago, I received an envelope in the mail that said, don't miss out on a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I opened the letter, and this is what I read. Congratulations, John. You are invited to discover more. The letter was from a credit card company. And though I declined their offer, I do applaud their marketing skills because what they're doing is tapping into the deepest desire of the human heart, and that's a deep, burning longing to discover more. And I imagine you know exactly what I'm talking about, that longing we all feel deep in our bones for something this world just cannot offer, a longing for healing and reconciliation and peace, because as we all know, there is just so much in this world that makes us aware that things are not exactly right. Last week's shooting in Pittsburgh, the recent hurricanes that many of us have already forgotten, the conversations I've had with so many of you about family members and friends who are sick, all of that and so much more has left me wanting more. And I imagine this longing for more is what Mary feels in today's gospel in the face of her brother's death. Lord, if you had been here, my brother, he wouldn't have died. There's an ache behind her words, a pain, a longing for something more. And I know that you know that place in your own heart that place where sadness and hope come together, that place that desperately wants everything to turn out okay. Because this longing for more, this desire we all have for wholeness and healing and reconciliation, I would submit that this simply is the deepest desire of the human heart. And it doesn't take a shooting or a natural disaster to put us in touch with this profound sense that things in our world are not exactly right and in need of being restored. We get in a fight with our best friend. Someone we love dies or gets a divorce. We get sick or we get anxious or we don't measure up to what other people expect. We turn on CNN and we find war and famine and hurricanes and a lack of character for many of our leaders, right? It doesn't take much to wake us up, just a willingness to pay attention and maybe a little courage to engage this world with eyes wide open because when we do that, we feel the ache that longing, that desire for something more. As St. Augustine once said, O Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And so as people who feel that restlessness, it is very natural as human beings to start asking some very basic questions. Will the world always be this way? 
Will it be rescued? Will we be rescued? These are the questions I brought to God as I sat down to write this All Saints Day sermon. And I was taken by today's words from Revelation that Jesus is making all things new and that a new world is on its way where, and I quote, the sea is no more. A world where the sea is no more. And on the surface, that's a really funny thing for the Bible to say. Because as you may know, water is a symbol of new life. But what we often forget is that in the Bible, water is also a symbol of death. It was a flood that destroyed the creation in the days of Noah. It was a sea that swallowed the Egyptian army. Or consider David's prayer in Psalm 69, Save me, O God, for the waters have risen up to my neck. And so is water a symbol of new life? Absolutely. But as N.T. Wright is quick to point out, in the Bible, the sea... The sea is a metaphor for chaos and destruction and death and darkness. The sea is what makes us feel afraid. The sea is a symbolic stand-in for those destructive forces that are bigger than we are. It's a cosmic bully that stalks us and makes us feel small, an enemy that must be tamed and controlled and defeated if you and I are to have any peace. And so it's not a coincidence that two of the most powerful images in the New Testament have to do with Jesus Christ walking on the sea and in a different passage commanding the stormy sea to be calm. Who is this, the disciples asked, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Because in the Bible, the sea obeys no one. Because the sea is that place in your life that you cannot tame or control or predict. It is the literal and metaphorical flood that turns your life upside down and spits in your face and leaves you wanting, begging, yearning, praying for more. According to C.S. Lewis, Our thirst for something more in this world tells us something profound about why we exist as human beings. And this is what he writes in Mere Christianity. We are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there is such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such a thing as water. People feel sexual desire. Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. So what we have in today's reading from Revelation is a picture of this new world that God made us for. This world we call the kingdom of God, that though present with us now in a partial and mysterious way, will one day be revealed in all of its fullness. And today's reading is clear. This is not a world 
that we engineer or produce, but one that comes as a gift when God makes his home among us. It is a world where death and mourning and crying and pain are no more, and a world where Jesus Christ will do for us the exact same thing he did for Lazarus. Speak our name and call us out of the grave. That is what today's reading from Revelation is all about. It is about that something more that we all want, a new world that God is bringing into being. And so here's the question I want us to pray through this next week. Whenever the sea descends upon us, when life overwhelms us, and we feel small and afraid and out of control, whenever we suffer loss, can we grieve appropriately, but not, as Paul says, as those who have no hope? Can we feel afraid, but not be driven by fear? Can we long for more, but rather than grasping or fighting or competing to fulfill that longing in our own twisted way, Can we, as God's holy people, just be together in that space and wait and pray and worship and invite the rest of the world into that posture of hopeful waiting with us? Because we do believe that a new world is on its way. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. We say those words every week in our Nicene Creed, And we say them because we do believe that a new world is on its way. We don't know when. We don't know how. But we do believe that Jesus is making all things new. That the creation will be restored. That the dead will be raised. And that the sea will be no more. And because today is All Saints Day or the day that we celebrate All Saints Day, this hope extends to those whom we love but see no longer. Parents, friends, spouses, children, many of whom died far too soon and far too tragically. But we gather today with a very clear hope. Namely, that unlike us, their hearts are no longer restless because they now rest in Christ and that they are mysteriously present with us in our worship. As we say every single week in the Eucharist, we join our voices together with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. Isn't that amazing that all the company of heaven is with us in this building as we gather to worship our Lord? I know that it's very easy to be cynical, when so much around us bears witness to the fact that things in this world are not well and that they never will be. And that is precisely why hope is among the three classic theological virtues. It's because being people of hope is part of our witness to the world. And so here is my prayer for us all. May we, the people of St. Michael's, never forget that Jesus lives to make all things new, meaning that the world will not always be this way. It will be rescued. We will be rescued. 
our vocation as disciples is to know this hope in our own heart and in our own life, and from that place to share our hope with the world so that we become not just the rescued, but part of God's rescue team. People who partner with Jesus in God's work of bringing hope and making all things new, and who who invite the rest of the world to pray, to worship, to wait, to work, to love, and to hope. All as a way of pointing the world to the one who even the sea obeys. Amen.